Hello and welcome to Sonographers Spill the Tea, where we're here to discuss all things ultrasound, particularly safety in sonography and cap the caseload. We're here to uplift, educate, and foster a community of wellness and realness in ultrasound. And you'll get no shortage of real talk from me, your host, Joanna Holt. Disclaimer, real talk can get explicit at times, so this podcast may not always be suitable for tiny human ears. Now, let's get into this week's tea and sonography. Hey everybody, welcome back to Sonographers Spill the Tea. This is episode three and we're going to be focusing on soft tissue recovery versus scar tissue rehabilitation. These are new terms in the sonography community that are aimed to help us to create cognitive and dynamic behavior that will optimize our soft tissue health. And soft tissue is everything under your skin, except for your bones and organs. So that's going to include your muscles, tendons, ligaments, fascia, nerve connections, proprioceptors, arteries, veins, capillaries, fat, all of those things are soft tissue. And so they are imperative for us to understand in the field of sonography, given that 90% of sonographers are scanning in symptomatic pain. So it's really important for us to be able to take the learning in the field from an external place where we're focused very much on patient quality, patient care, and the equipment. We're very externally focused right now. So there is a critical need for sonographers to begin internally focusing their learning so that we can optimize our soft tissue health and promote soft tissue healing as much as possible so that we are increasing the longevity that we have in the field. And not just in the field, because what's happening to our body's bedside, that comes home with us. We don't just have a hurt arm at work or a hurt wrist at work. We come home to our families. We come home to our pets. We come home to our responsibilities. We come home to take a shower, to drive, and all of those things are starting to really become problematic. And the injuries that are being suffered and the incidences of these injuries that are dramatically going up as ultrasound continues to become a more popular modality, as GE continues to pump out new technology. They literally just announced that they have a wireless pocket transducer that they're going to be using now. So, whoa, point of care ultrasound and the ER are going to drastically go up. But how is that going to affect the operators? Are we going to be walking around with wireless transducers in our pockets now? Are our caseloads going to get even higher? These are all really important things to consider, right? So we're going to go forward today, talk a little bit about STR, both offensively and defensively, so that you guys can make the best decisions that you can on how to optimize your soft tissue recovery time. So when I say soft tissue recovery time, what does that mean? Well, it means that there's more to completing a case in diagnostic medical ultrasound than just the patient experience. We have to make sure that we do a thorough patient history. We have to make sure that we have diagnostic image acquisition. We have to make sure that we are doing 
thorough impression reporting for the physician, we have to make sure that we are maintaining proper infection control. And it seems to end at that point. Once we clean up our room and the patient is gone and the impression is gone, there's a sense of, okay, we have to get the next case. We have to get to the next patient. And this is in part because of how many patients there are to do, how how full that schedule is, how there is no cap or limitation on how many of those patients can be scheduled. And so there's this need for speed, which is dangerous in healthcare. We shouldn't be putting quantity over quality, but we're not in charge of the ROIs, right? So we have to shut up and scan and do what we're told. And This is not the mentality for all places. There are some really great practices and clinical settings where the teams are super collaborative and those patients are the ones that are getting the best care, the highest quality of care because they're with a team who is collaborative and that's what we need. That's what we want, not only as the provider, but as the patient, right? We want to be able to receive the same care that we feel we are called to give. And I'm not sure about you guys, but I've heard this all across the country from providers everywhere that they would never get care where they give it. Isn't that crazy that you feel that the place that you are providing care at, that you would not go to get it yourself Again, this is not across the boards. I know plenty of OBGYN sonographers that the physician they work for, yeah, that's their doctor too. I'm not that person. Uh, <laughs> I'm very much you don't, what's the right way to say it so it don't sound any type of way, but I'm not going to shit where I eat, okay? And <laughs> so um, you, can't, you can't see that. I, no, because I can't come into work the next day. <laughs> So all that to say that if you want to be able to do everything that is involved in a diagnostic medical ultrasound examination, the last part of that, this five parts, and the last part of what's needed is totally missing. And that's soft tissue recovery time. That is the time that our arm, our wrist, our forearm, our neck, our back all need respite needs time to heal from the traumatic micro traumas that are being inflicted on that soft tissue during image acquisition. You know, there's a couple of different things that are listed on OSHA's site when it comes to what are the risks of a musculoskeletal disorder? What does that look like industry-wide? That looks like exerting excessive force, performing the same or similar tasks repetitively, working in awkward postures or being in the same position for long periods of time, localized pressure into the body, cold temperatures, vibration, or a combination of exposure of these risk factors of several of them. And that's for the industry, right? Not just sonography, just all industries. But our particular industry, we got all of those check, 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 check. So why then is there not something in place to address what all of those risks do to the soft tissue of the sonographer? And that information, those resources are not available. 
until now, because that's what ultra safe ultrasounds does. That is all I do. That is all I have done for the last 10 months is work my whole Puerto Rican ass off for safety in sonography. And that means talking to industry leaders in safety. That means talking to industry leaders in sonography and building a bridge so that safety in sonography actually exists. And it's not only focused on external factors like equipment and patients, because that's not working. Obviously, we can't be running around with B scanners like they did back in the day or going portable with big, heavy equipment. So there have been a lot of advances when it comes to the equipment. It's smaller, it's lighter, it's Wi-Fi, you know, we don't, it's wireless. So there have been great advancements when it comes to ergonomics and external forces that are contributing to work-related musculoskeletal injuries and sonography. But we don't have the internal resources resources that we need on a scale that would actually reduce the incidences of MSK issues because there's some real learning going on. You know, in a formal setting, they speak a little bit about ergonomics. They may also speak a little bit about ergonomics once you get into your clinical settings, but as much time as there was put on equipment, there needs to be enough time put on our bodies because they are breaking down. So soft tissue recovery is all about stretching and strengthening and using different offensive tools like myofascial balls, resistance bands, seeking massage therapy, chiropractics, things that you can do offensively to keep yourself out of pain, to keep yourself out of the defensive scar tissue rehabilitation that most of us find ourselves in need of when we have not optimized our offensive approaches. And we tend to not optimize these offensive approaches because we're not in pain, right? Well, we're in school and they're, hey, you know, maybe you should make sure you do neck rolls and stretch. You're like, well, it doesn't hurt. Oh, it's going to hurt. Yeah, well, it's really hard to want to play offense when there's nothing defensively staring at you in the face that you need to take care of or excel at or beat or however you want to look at it. But let me tell you that defensive scar tissue rehabilitation realm is right in front of your face. I promise you less than a year into your clinical credentialed life, you're going to become symptomatic because you're going to want to do the most because that's what we're trained to do is the most. And you have to be able to do the most and not break your body down because that scar tissue rehabilitation phase, that realm is corticosteroid shots, surgery, physical therapy, weakness in your arm, kinesio tape on your arm. I mean, the quality of your life as a sonographer, both personally and professionally, will drastically reduce if you do not take the offensive steps that you need to maintain your health. That stretching, that strengthening, that facilitation of blood flow in areas that are hurting, that's what's going to help that oxygen and toxicity exchange in your muscles. 
Now, before I break it down for you guys, anybody who's not actively working or driving and who has access to a device, I need you to go to www.ultrasafeultrasounds.com. That's the website. And I need you to download the sonographer specific work-related musculoskeletal offensive playbook. Okay. That's where you're going to get a lot of this information that I'm about to throw at you broken down where you can actually read it and take time. So do that. But let's go a little bit deeper into what soft tissue recovery is for you guys and why it's so important, okay? So when we think about work-related MSDs for sonographers, we think about the risk factors that we spoke about earlier, but we also think about the biomechanical and the environmental factors like the caseload and the workstation. We think about the administrative factors like scheduling and portables. We think about the work practices like the postures that we have to maintain if we're in surgery or in the ICU. We think about poorly perfused rotator cuff muscles and tendons. This is a huge, huge thing when it comes to sonographers because the natural anatomy of our body in the shoulder has poor perfusion, okay? One of the most important muscles that we use is our supraspinatus muscles. That's part of our sits muscle groups that make up that rotator cuff. The sits muscles are going to be the subscapularis, the infraspinatus, the supraspinatus, and the teres minor. So all of those are super important rotator cuff anatomy, and the supraspinatus is super poorly vascularized, and that sits superiorly. And then it actually inserts, it goes deep to the acromion process and it inserts at the greater tuberosity. But the issue with where it dives deep under the acromion process, that's a great place for impingement. That's a great place for us to start feeling those feelings of symptomatic pain. And that comes when we have anterior humeral head migration from a lax shoulder, from a weak shoulder, from an unstable shoulder. And those things happen much faster than you would ever imagine because the shoulder is such a dynamic joint but it doesn't have the stability that other ball and socket joints have, like the hip. That hip ain't going nowhere. And if something is wrong with your hip or, you know, you need a replacement, that is degeneration over years, okay? So we kind of see those things coming unless there's some type of a obvious traumatic event that caused that femur to pop out of the hip or to have some type of an issues or to migrate. But when it comes to the shoulder, there's only so many dynamic and static stabilizers that are available to keep the most flexible joint in the body in place and stable and strong. And so when we get to a place where our arm is not stable and it is not strong, you better believe then it's going to be unstable and weak. And that weakness is going to lead to your eventual traumatic defensive scar tissue rehabilitation. And when that happens, you are now on the path of chasing the snowball of inflammation that really sometimes can feel like a life 
sentence. It's just you're constantly chasing this inflammation. And the incidence of re-injury in sonography is super high. Like you're going to go, you're going to do six weeks of therapy or six weeks of physical therapy after you've gotten your rotator cuff tear, you know, either fixed or they filed down your AC joint to give your supraspinatus tendon some space to swell um, so that it doesn't have some those areas of impingement. And, you know, there's there's different things that can be done in that defensive realm, but you don't want to be there. You don't want to go and start trying to figure out how do you get your health back? You don't want to take all the wealth that you made in sonography because that's part of why people do it. I saw a TikTok video that drove me batshit crazy talking about you can make a, you know, $75,000, $95,000 a year and it's the most least stressful job. I think I spoke about this in the other podcast. Like, I'm ready to make a TikTok just to, to have some counter programming to what they're saying about sonography because it's so half ass that it's dangerous to hear that sonographers who are not in the field, people who are going and thinking about being in this field for a living and having this as a career, they're missing the whole other half of the story. And that's not their fault. That's the information that they're getting. That's also the information that's available on OSHA and other bigger industry organizations is there's not that this is what's going to happen to you information and resources I wish I had that information and resources. I feel like I wouldn't be where I am today had I had real training, like not just the training that the ARDMS wants to give me to put a value on my head for the employers to then destroy my body because they're not worried about what's in my head. They're worried about what's behind my first name. They want to know, do I have credentials? But I do, I do have my credentials. I worked really, really really hard for them. They were, oh my God, the work you have to do just to get your credentials is so much. So to think that they're not even going to last that long once you're in the field is, man, that pisses me off. It really does. And, And I say I wouldn't be here today, but I also have to be very mindful that I'm very grateful to be where I am because this is putting me in a position now to be here for you guys, to be here and show up for the workforce in a way that I didn't feel someone showed up when it was my turn. And this field is going to increase. This profession, this occupation is going to increase more than any other occupation. The Bureau of Labor Statistics say that sonographers, both both vascular and general, are set to increase 12% over the next 10 years. That's going to be higher than any other occupation. So it is imperative to me that those sonographers who are listening to TikToks and trying to figure out where they are going to fit into the world and where they want to serve and what their career is going to be, I want to make sure that they have what they need so they're not where I am today, where you guys are today, trying to navigate carpal tunnel syndrome and tendinitis and frozen shoulder and rotator cuff tears and all of the other diagnoses that go along with the performance of diagnostic medical ultrasound. That performance includes pushing down on patients, pushing, putting pressure down and absorbing that pressure into your body. 
And so when we do things like that, what I want you to understand is that soft tissue healing is a natural process that occurs in the body after an injury. And that healing happens in phases. And so the process does not need medication and it does not need therapy because the body will naturally replace destroyed tissue with living tissue in the body. The problem that we have with sonographers is that there's just no time for that healing to take place. We have disruptors in that process like repetitiveness and inhibited responses or delayed reactions to the injury. So we need to be able to maintain a rich blood supply where our injuries are happening throughout the day. We cannot scan all day, um, get micro trauma after micro trauma after micro trauma. No soft tissue healing or approaches are being implemented in between exams, especially ones that are longer in duration because soft tissue recovery time may not be necessary for each exam. You know, if you have a fast scan, you're going into the ER, you're looking at four quadrants, you're keeping it moving, your exam was five minutes, you're fine. However, if you are pushing your machine down the wall, up the elevator, down the other hall, into the ICU room, rearranging all the furniture, you know, now you have your patient, now you have your exam, then you got to unplug, re-put everything back you know, try to put a patient back together before the nurses get on you because we, you know, if there's a drop of gel on there on the patient, the nurses gonna be like, you left gel on the patient. I'm gonna be like, I know. I wanted you to know that I was there, so you didn't call me asking, hey, when are you gonna get this exam done? It's done. I left my calling card. Okay, you're welcome. But either case, um, you got to still push that machine all the way back to your department. So you got to go back down the hole, back down the elevator, all the way back down the other hole into the radiology department, plug your machine back in, then look at your images, then write up your report and then do the shit all over again. When did you take time to ice your arm? When did you take time to stretch your arm? When did you take time to try to break up some of the knots that you just formed in there? Because those knots are literally two chemicals that are locking together. And we'll go over these two in another episode, but be familiar with actin and myosin. Okay. Actin and myosin are the two boogers that be locking together that are causing you to have pain because it's toxic. It's a, it's a chemical. It's a toxicity that's sitting in your soft tissues, not being released. It's just hanging out. And that pooling of toxicity aids in pain, you know, and when we getting into massage therapy and you're like, Oh, that spot right there, get it, get it. That's your knot. You know, those are, that's your actin and myosin literally knotted and locked together bound together because there's nothing breaking it apart. So you really want to be able to offensively work on those knots and those disruptive structures like adhesions and soft tissue, because you can stay ahead of those things. However, those are disruptive structures. If your body is full of knots and adhesions and scar tissue, how can your natural soft tissue that's supposed to be flexible and and fluid-filled going to be operating if you have toxic-filled, knotted-up structures in your body, okay? So it's not just about doing the scan. It's not just 
about what happens to the patients. It's about your body. It's about what happens after that scan to your body. What are you doing to stretch and strengthen and move those toxic chemicals out? You know, oxygen is in the blood and that blood and that oxygen is what helps to carry out all that shit that's in your body. You know, your lymphatics, they need to work and drain. But if you're stuck in these postures and you're going posture after posture after posture, patient after patient after patient, case after case after case, and you are not implementing soft tissue recovery, you won't ever get the chance to because you're going to get to the scar tissue rehabilitation phase. And then you're going to be wondering, dang, what do I do next? Because I don't know how much longer I can go on like this. It hurts. I can't brush my hair. Uh, I can't pick up my children. Showering is now a chore. How do I unstrap the back of my bra? Oh my God, I have to go to work tomorrow and do it all over again. So it's really imperative that we get to a place where we can bridge safety and sonography. And we are going to start with learning, understanding, and implementing and prioritizing soft tissue recovery time during your exams. There cannot be just four things that are being done in between each case. There has to be five. And that fifth one has to be for the sonographer's health. I implore you to take your soft tissue recovery time between patients, because if it's not actively being given, you have to take it because either way, you're going to risk your job. I promise you. If you just keep going, 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 you're going to risk your job because you won't even have the ability to perform it anymore. Okay. So try to worry less about risking your job because your employer is going to say you need to go faster because your employer is going to say that you are off pace or that you're slow or whatever the case may be where you have external forces that are not allowing you to ensure that you have internal solutions and tools to dynamically optimize your soft tissue, okay? Without your healthy, intact soft tissue, it really doesn't matter how fast you go because you're going to be looking for a new career about as fast as you go. So if you scan really, really fast, then you're going to destroy your body in a year or two and you'll be looking for a new career at that point in time or wondering, great, how do I keep my career? Now I need to figure out defensive approaches. So we don't want you guys thinking about how do I, you know, now switch to applications or how do I have all the thought process that go along when you're not healthy? You know, we just want you to really enjoy what you do and keep your love of sonography because most sonographers love what they do, which is why we do it to the detriment of our own bodies. And I'm going to continue to work feverishly on my end to ensure that we have the enforcement that we need and we have some advocation and some accountability. That's all I do. I'm on the phone. I'm in meetings. I'm writing and writing like I'm running out of time. And I will continue to do this work because that is now what my job is. It is not just being a sonographer who's scanning bedside. The job is now advocating for an entire industry, an industry that I love, an industry I'm sure most of you love, and an industry that we want to continue to be a part of. So I encourage you guys to continue to fight with me 
and advocate for safety in sonography, go to ipetitions.com and sign the Cap the Caseload campaign. It is all about safety in sonography. You don't have to be a sonographer to sign it. You can be a mother, father, sister, brother, friend, a coworker, anyone should be able to get behind this and advocate for safety and sonography because we're all touched by it in one way or another, especially if you're a parent. So go to ultrasafeultrasounds.com. You can also find the Cap the Caseload campaign over there, as well as an entire page of soft tissue recovery tools. We've went ahead and found as many of them for you guys as we can so that you're not having to search and search and go, what do I need? Should I get this? What about this? Ooh, is this good? Let me look at the reviews. We did all of that for you. So all you have to do is go to the soft tissue recovery page on the website and choose your tools and enjoy them. We're also going to be having some new things up there in the next month. So stay tuned for that. I don't want to give anything away, but we have some really, really exciting things coming for all of the industry. So I'm so excited for you guys to see that. Sorry, this went to 30 minutes. I usually try to keep it at 20 minutes, but this was a really big topic. Soft tissue recovery. It's all about staying healthy, reducing the incidences of work-related musculoskeletal injuries to achieve longevity in the field for us all. So you guys have a great rest of your day. I will see you next week in the next podcast and continue to optimize safety in sonography and prioritize your health, okay? Find your fine line between doing the most and making sure that you don't break your body in the process. A great week and thank you for joining us for another episode of Sonographers Spill the Tea. I'd like to thank you all for joining us for Sonographers Spill the Tea. If you enjoyed today's tea, go ahead and subscribe to Safety. And if you have any questions, go ahead and email us at info at ultrasafeultrasounds.com. And we will catch you next Tuesday for some freshly spilt tea in Sonography.